Hi everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next free online business assessment, enabling you to pinpoint what your business needs you to fix next. Business tips to help you level up and scale up. everyone I'm Simon from Sterling Coaching and welcome to yet another podcast episode in which I'm joined by a guy who's just had to help me pronounce his surname but I'm joined by E.A. Solkovitz hopefully I got that just a very very about uh, and he was born in 1956 in Chicago and from humble beginnings which began as a son of a milkman At the age of 16, he moved and started his own business career uh, at a commission sales job selling janitorial services to business owners. At the age of 19, uh, EA met Sam Robbins, a millionaire businessman from Detroit, and Sam took him under his wing and began to mentor him, which is great. Such a young age to have somebody like that mentoring you. So uh, I should imagine you're pretty pretty pleased with that. Uh, So... uh, Our guest today began working for Sam at the House of Holland Jewelers in his diamond business. Uh, In 1980, Sam established a private grant, uh, which meant to be part of his legacy due to his lifelong fight with diabetes. And due to this grant in 1980, Sam and EA began to formulate heart healthy and wellness nutritional foods and drinks over the next 45 plus years. As it says here on his bio, uh, he's been blessed with the following business and personal achievements. So chairman of House of Holland Jewelers at 21 years old, uh, started and operated Columbia Nutrition System, consisting of an international workforce organization of over 10,000 managers and professionals. So I know there's lots of different things that we're going to hear from today. I'm in the presence of somebody who has lots of experience in doing these kind of things because he hosted a business radio talk show, uh, which has been heard across the USA and Canada. And of course, going down, I'm skipping through some of these, so hopefully you'll forgive me for this. Uh, he's listed in the who's who in public speaking. Uh, I love that. As, yeah, I've been enlisted in who's who of professionals as well. So that's something we've got in common. And he's now today representing the Givers University. And yeah, there's so much more here that I'm looking forward to hearing about. Um, Owner of a thousand acre wildlife sanctuary, commercial pilot uh, as well, uh, and lots of different things that I know we're gonna get personal uh, achievements out in this millionaire at the age of 23, lots and lots uh, to work through. And of course has authored the Givers mindset, the Givers lifestyle, and the giver's lifelong learning uh, for Give to be great. Uh, thanks very, very much for being a guest on today's podcast. And what an intro. So much you've achieved, so much that you really got such a great mentor at such an early age. And you must be so pleased with that because I know that is so important to so many people in business and in life, isn't it? To have that early leadership and mentor there to help us along. Thank you for being on today's podcast. Thank you, Simon. Uh, uh, it's great to be on your podcast. I love your platform because any any platform that helps businesses become more successful as yours is a, is a great thing. So thank you for having me. And uh, I was listening, you know, as you're going through, you know, 
bio and everything. And I, at the end of it, I still thought, well, my last name is still longer than all of that. So, <laughs> so, so be it. So be it. I always get that feeling as well when when people read my bio out. I, I sit there listening to it and I think, oh, that was me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. were talking about. Wait, wait, this is going to be great. I can hardly wait to hear this guy. <laughs> That's right. So, oh, so let's get started with the questions then. And yes. you know, for the listeners, I can see here in your background that you uh, have obviously got an office background. And you've got a coffee machine behind you there. The listeners, you can't see that. So tell us a little bit about the coffee that you're drinking today and what you have in the background there. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm pointing to it there, uh, you know, but the listeners, of course, are not able to see that. But uh, Simon Ken, there's the yep. coffee machine and uh, the coffee. And I have to share with you that uh, my morning plural cups yep. of coffee is a uh, is a great thing that I enjoy. And it, uh, it yep. starts every single morning. And, uh, and and even in the U.S. here, it's a common reference. You say, hey, let's go grab a cup of coffee, you know, because mm -hmm. uh, as, a, as a, a way to sort of break bread, if you will, with people. And uh, so uh, as soon as I saw the name of your podcast, I thought, oh, this is, is going to be great. Yeah, I love it. I love yeah. it. So uh, and, and, and the mentor thing you mentioned. Yeah, I was very, very blessed, very blessed yeah. and uh, would love to share with people because it's an interesting story and how I met him and what happened. Um, but uh, certainly it was a very it was a blessing for me that mm -hmm. he became the father I never had, even though I had a father and my yeah. men and uh, I became the son he never had, even though he had a son. We were that close. And I was so wow. blessed to have a mentor at an early age like that. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting you said it was giving me goosebumps because, you know, I think of a, a dear friend of mine, Roland, he was the first um, person that I worked under. He was my line manager. And, you know, I am the person today because of him. Yeah, and I said that unfortunately he passed away some years ago at the age of 56. And he's the reason I do what I do now. He's the reason, you know, and listeners, you will have heard me refer to him in the past. But yeah, I, I never really thought of Roland as a mentor. He was he was my best friend. And you're right, you know, uh, he certainly was more of a father uh, figure to me. You know, he got me involved in some of the most hair-raising activities he got me into motorbikes he got me into flying helicopters and i remember being at his funeral and doing the eulogy and my mom was in there and you know jokingly i said you know this was the guy that my mom dreaded because every time i met with this guy he got me into something that my mom just did not want me to get into <laughs> something that was dangerous something that was you know risky but, you know, he, he got me to be the person by stretching me and involving me. And I never really thought about him as a mentor until, you know, I, I read the bio there. And it's interesting how you know, those people have such an influence. And I, I'd love to hear, and I'm sure the listeners would too, before we get a little bit more into the coffee. You know, yeah. Did you meet him over coffee or was it something else? Uh, it, no, it was it was after coffee time. And uh, okay. it was actually late at night when I met him. And uh, to digress for a minute. Uh, so you, you flew some helicopters, huh? Uh, yes, that yes, was, uh, that's so, my so, passion. All right, so you know the definition. You know, I've been a commercial pilot, you flying helicopters. Mm. We both know the definition of a good landing, which is basically anyone you can walk away from. <laughs> yeah, particularly in a helicopter. Yeah, I <laughs> even bet. more so. Yeah, I bet, I bet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it all hinges on that one pin that holds the blades on as well. When yeah. that goes, there's no hope, no matter what. Happens. I've been watching the gyrocopters very closely because they're interesting, being in auto rotation all the time. Uh, so I've been watching those. Uh, you know how they're they're coming to being little by little in the United States. So very interesting side note there yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah yeah so so tell us a little bit about how how you met sam then well uh to, to really to sort of digress in the story um 
you know, my father was, I, I, you know, was born and raised in Chicagoland area. And there were, it was a stage setting thing on how I actually met him. And it, it's good for your listeners to hear that when we put something out there, how those things really can impact our life. And we so many times become self-fulfilling prophecies in our own life because mm -hmm. of what we think and what we do. And uh, as you had mentioned, I went from uh, being the you know, son of a milkman to a janitor. And because at 16 years old, I was able to be bonded, uh, which is insurable. Yeah. I was able to be into a very expensive house and the house that I cleaned because I lived in this area as well, uh, was in Oak Brook, Illinois. And the house was owned by June Martino, who had the third most controlling stock in McDonald's. Now, I don't know if you, did you see the movie, The Founder with Michael Keaton? Yes, um, yes. The, okay. Uh, well, Ray, you know, I talks about Ray Kroc and, yeah. and, and it's very Hollywoodized for sure. You know, the movie's yeah. Hollywoodized. But Ray Kroc, Michael Keaton, is always talking to a lady outside his office and he always calls her June, 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 this, that, et cetera. That's her. That's the lady whose house oh, I clean. Really? Oh, yeah. wow. I, okay. I, I mean, obviously in the movie, it's an actress, but the real June Martino, that's the lady whose house I clean. So one day I was in there and she was very approachable. Very. I mean, she's worth so many zeros at this point, even when I was mm. 16 years old. And I, and I lived right there by in Oak Brook. So I saw this whole McDonald's phenomenon take place. Yeah. That's where the world headquarters was. So, and I know who June Martino was. She was an icon in the area. So every week I was in cleaning her house. She knew me. She saw me by sight. You know, we always, yeah. she was always very nice. Hi, how are you? We always said, hi, pleasantries. And one day she was in an extra good mood. I thought, this is my chance. I'm going to go up to her and talk to her. Yeah. I went up to her and I said, June, can I ask you a question? And she looked at me and she knew who I was and said, well, sure. And I said, could you tell me about it? And she said, well, what? And I said, well, the whole McDonald's thing. I'm not kidding you, Simon. She put her arm around me, brought me in the kitchen and the entire day told wow. me in the, the entire story oh. from her, you know, from, from the very beginning yeah. all the way through to the moment we were sitting. She even had the maids and butlers bringing in food for us in the kitchen. So she <laughs> tell me the story. And at one point she told me, which I don't know if you remember in the movie, there's a time where June goes to Ray and says, we don't have any money. We're not making money. And then that prompts Ray to call the brothers and say, I need more percentage. I need yeah, more yeah. percentage. Right. Well, that part's true. That part is true. And she told me about that part where Ray couldn't afford to pay her. So they made an agreement that he would pay her in worthless company stock. It wasn't worth anything. No. The company was worthless. Yeah, and he wouldn't pay her any money. He didn't have any money to pay her. He would pay her in this worthless stock. And he would take the, the bill collectors called when they called her for money. He would take the phone call so they didn't harass her. And I said, June, you know, I'm a janitor. I get paid on Friday. If I don't get paid on Friday, I'm not showing on Saturday. Yeah. I will live paycheck to paycheck. That's my life. Yeah. Why did you do it? And Simon, it was the most amazing thing. I could tell by looking at her, she sat back and did an eye lock with me, staring at me, but I could tell her mind was somewhere else. Have you ever had that happen yeah. where someone, and I could tell she was thinking about something else and that this little snot-nosed 16 year old had just asked her a question. No one else had asked her before. Yeah. Why did you do it? And when she spoke, it made the hair stand up on the back of my neck. Not only what she said, but the way she said it. Yeah. When I said, June, why'd you do it? Why'd you work for nothing? She said, because I believed in Ray. And I remember my very first instantaneous thought at 16 years old was, I got to find me a Ray Kroc. <laughs> I have got to find someone that yeah. can teach me 
because I'm, you know, burnt out son of a milkman, big fun time as a janitor cleaning bowling alleys at two in the morning. And my big fun time is getting free songs on the jukebox at two in the morning. <laughs> that, I mean, that's it. You know, yep. I need a Ray Kroc. I need someone I can believe in, someone that could teach me, someone that could mentor me. And, and it wasn't within two or three months later at that same janitorial service, we got a phone call about a guy coming in from Detroit that was opening a diamond store in Berkeley, Illinois, another suburb of Chicago. Yeah. They wanted to see some carpeting. So my boss, Jerry, the janitorial service says, you know, go out and show them carpeting. I said, Jerry, I already punched out. It's nighttime already. I'm pu I punched out. I'm gone. Yeah. He said, no, I, I, I got to stay here. You got to go show them the carpet. I said, I'm not going. He said, I'll tell you what, if you go, I'll give you your pick of any Saturday off. Now for a janitor, that's a big negotiating chip because yeah. you know, businesses are closed. So we're cleaning, right? Yeah. So if you get a Saturday off, that's like a big treat. Yeah. And I, so I repeat back, okay, any Saturday off? And he said, yes, any Saturday. I said, okay, any Saturday. So here I am leaving the office begrudgingly only because I've negotiated a deal on a Saturday off, not wanting to go there. Getting ready to meet the man that will change the trajectory of my life forever. So I share with your listeners, mm. be aware and be discerning because sometimes the most magnificent events in your life will happen yeah. at a moment that seems so insignificant at that very same moment. And I met this man who then became my business mentor, who offered me a job and I began to work with him. And that was how I met my business mentor. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I hear so many people refer to things like that as as luck. And you're absolutely right there on what you said to the listeners. And listeners, I hope you really took that to heart because it's about recognizing the opportunities and recognizing the importance in the moment, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and it's it's not the and I don't want to be demeaning to people who put hours and years worth of experience into things because that's important too but very often the real importance is in the moment it's in that moment where you make a decision you know you're you could have easily said nah saturday's not not enough you know yeah. somebody oh, else sure. would have got sent so yeah. you know every every moment that we have is pivotal in the way that our lives work out from those moments and yeah i think you're absolutely right there to recognize that opportunity and all of that and the things he taught me, Simon, is what evolved eventually through my three major defeats in life, my temporary defeats, and, and each one caused me to write a book. And all of this was because of the trajectory he pointed me in yeah. as my business mentor. So I recommend with every one of your listeners, if you don't have a mentor, get one. Yeah. Be discerning on who your mentor is. Uh, and that led about ultimately... My commitment, fulfilling the commitment, which was the starting of Givers University. Yeah. And it, I think the, the real amazing thing with this story is that he had an impact on you and you're now passing that on to other people. So who knows that that ripple effect, how many people are receiving a legacy from that moment that you had with Sam where that change of life happened? Exactly right. Uh, and in fact, I had to make a vow and a commitment to him and his exact mm. words were, he would teach me everything, everything. But when wow. the time was right and I knew when that time would be that I had to share it unconditionally with as many people as I can. Oh, yeah. Well, and we, so that was a commitment we made. We made that yeah, vow. Yeah. 
and he yeah. passed away in 91. And uh, I just, uh, I always feel he's there helping me every day. Yep. And it's, it's interesting as well, because I know when Roland passed away, you know, I decided, you know, we talked about what we were going to do when we retired. Uh, and as I say, you know, he was, he was the one that got me into flying helicopters and mm. he, he, passed, he still owes me 168 pounds actually, because he rented my <laughs> helicopter for a couple of hours. But um, yeah, my, my whole life, the way I live my life is because of, the discussions we had and he never got to retire. He never got to sell his business and do what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's such a shame, but it does give me, and I'm sure listeners, you know, when you heard EA just talk about that agreement with Sam, you know, I remember making agreements with Roland about how we would live our life when we retired. And I've done that since I was 42 years old and I was very privileged to be able to do that and still am. And yeah, my hair stood up on the back of my neck when you talked about that agreement, because it's that kind of commitment. It's not just, as I've written down in my post note, who do you believe in? But it's having that commitment, isn't it? And having that mutual commitment to be able to pass the baton on. And, you know, I know I've encouraged every single one of my clients to do something similar, to make better choices about their life. So who knows what that conversation that Roland and I had about retiring, how many other people have that affected that mm -hmm. I've told that about. And you know, that's, that's really great. Yes, it is. It's a very, very good. So let's go back to the coffee. Okay. Yes. Um, what kind of coffee is your favorite? You know, uh, if you've got your filter machine there, is it, uh, are there any particular beans, any particular way you like to have your coffee? Just give us a little bit more of an insight into the coffee that you're drinking. Well, uh, I, I like to vary it just a little bit. Um, uh, you know, but, uh, I, I sort of like, you know, the hickory flavor flavors good, okay. uh, you know, I, um, but I, I usually like some coffee with a little extra kick. So when the directions say put in, yeah. you know, uh, a certain amount, I'll put in like an extra 25 or 30% just to get a little more with it, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I'm a coffee lover. I always have been. And, and, and it, it's a great way to start the day. I do my cardio in the morning. And as yeah. soon as my cardio is over, which is about 45 minutes right after I get up the, um, the, first, the very next thing I do is start that cup Grab of coffee. coffee. Yeah, and it's interesting. Now, here in the UK, we, I think, have the last probably five years or so, and Starbucks, you know, my favorite uh, coffee, has a big part to play in this, that people have, instead of doing the, the very, you know, sort of British thing of meeting for a cup of tea, people... No predominantly now meet for a cup of coffee you know okay we still like to go out for a beer as i'm sure you know everyone around the world does and a lot of the listeners do but during the day you know coffee has certainly has become the thing that people if you go to a breakfast meeting there's always coffee pots you know if we meet at a store it's for coffee very very rarely is it is it tea so it's great that we start the morning there with with the coffee yeah. um at black, a starbucks i would go for a hazelnut Hazelnut usually would be oh, okay. like, uh, that would be my choice, uh, you know, like at a Starbucks or um, uh, we have Panera's here where a lot of people yeah. will meet at Panera Breads in the United yeah. States and uh, their hazelnut coffee is outstanding. And, and that yeah. would be my preference in those uh, couple of places. Yeah, you see, I, I'm a bit of a, a heathen when it comes to Starbucks over here compared, you know, people that go to Starbucks tend to like the fancy coffees, oh, yeah. but they, they're missing out on the filter coffee at Starbucks. Mm. one i love the pikes roast because it gives me that extra kick I, I like the sharpness of it i like you know the strength of it it's a really good strong filter coffee particularly in our local starbucks but it's bargain value price as well why would i pay 
the equivalent of $6 for a fancy latte when I can get a huge filter coffee with three top-ups for just a couple of dollars. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm the same way. I'm the same way. <laughs> and here's another funny thing that I go, whenever I go to Starbucks, I always have them re-explain to me, okay, what's a small or a medium or a large? <laughs> I said, what's grande and all this other? It, okay, small, medium, yeah. large. That's it. I got that. You know, yeah, so yeah, I said, yeah. re, could you re-explain to me which size is that right there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I still don't understand. If any listeners want to message me and tell me what a flat white is, I, I'm still struggling with what a flat white is. So... Let's uh, let's let's move on to the questions about what you've fixed in your own business or what's what's evolved in your own business, and then we'll, yeah, you know, you've mentioned about the books. What what's been the thing that you want to share with listeners that's perhaps other than the having the mentor Sam? What's been the latest or most significant thing that you've worked on in your business? Well, I can say that Givers University came about because of all of that. He he's, he okay. started that trajectory in my life and the commitment and the things that he taught me and then my temporary defeats in my life and 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 each one caused me to write a book if you will. And 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 ultimately that led up to the birth of Givers University and we teach something Simon that clearly when I explain it almost every person I've said it to has said you know no one teaches that and I said, I know it's a vital skill that's not being taught. Today, businesses are open and closing faster than ever before. Today, products are coming and going and being antiquated faster than ever before. And we only have one thing left, relationships. Yep. And no one is teaching us how to discern our relationships. So at Givers University, first of all, I want to mention, we love everybody. I say emphatically, we love everybody. But what we teach people to do, and the core of what we teach is, we teach people to distinguish and separate the person who we love mm. from their deeds, which we may not love. Okay. And we teach them to look for certain things, certain specific things they're doing. We've broken it all the way down to where you can no longer say, how do I do that? Because so many trainings and I can tell you're a self-improvement guy. I'm a self-improvement guy. Mm. We love self-improvement, right? Yeah. But so many trainings, a lot of them are broad swaths of information that can be a little nebulous and innocuous. Exactly. But we broke it all the way down to where you can, when you look at it, you say, you, you're not able to say, how do I do that? Because there it is. Yeah. Here's the thing you look for. Here's the deeds you look for. Demonstrable, I would say, if your eyes were itchy and your nose was runny, I could assess that you probably have a cold, right? Now, I, I'm not able to see the cold, but your symptoms are telling me the cold is present. So what we teach people to do, Simon, is to look at the symptoms, or in this case, their deeds, the actual things they're doing and look for these things. And if you see these things, you may want to pull them in closer and to form what we call your giver community. Or if you see these other certain things, you may want to think about beginning to respectfully distance yourself because you're about ready to become collateral damage. So I ask your listeners to prove my point. Think about the fires that you stomp out every day. Think about the times where your stress level spikes. Think about the conversations you have that every time you're through with these conversations, 
you're not, you don't even remember what you talked about, but you do know that you have no more energy left because they've just drained it all out of you. We call them energy drainers. All of those things, Simon, have one thing in common. All of those fires, all of those stress spikes, all of the energy drainers, they all have one thing in common. There's a name attached to them. Just that simple. So no one's teaching today. How do you discern who you should have in your life and who maybe you should respectfully, not nasty, just respectfully distance yourself because they're going to bring with them what we call the three D's, defeatism, disruption, and destruction. And when they come into your life, they're going to bring those with them and you are about ready to become collateral damage. Yeah. No one's teaching us discern. How do you discern what we learn as pilots? You learned and I learned something very simple. When you're flying a helicopter and you look out the window, and I'm, I'm showing a graphic for Simon, but <laughs> when, 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 when you see a helicopter that's an inch, an inch big on your, on your screen out the window, yeah. and then a few minutes later, it's three inches big, yeah. you know one thing. <laughs> yeah, it's coming towards <laughs> you. <laughs> it's coming at you. You better get out of the way. But yeah. see, in relationships, no one's teaching that, Simon. No one's teaching us. How do you look out in the distance and see if that's coming at you? And what is it going to be? We're moving so fast. Yeah. No one's teaching people how to discern. And that's what we teach. Yeah. And that's interesting because that almost brings the simplicity of uh, binary into the equation. So literally, you know, are people moving away or are they coming closer? And it is very often we do need to look at that simplicity of that. You know, is it, are they draining us or are they charging us? You know, which, which way around is it? So I want, I want to ask you a question. Um, and then I might tell you an interesting story if we get time about uh, please, an, please. An, an airline that was coming towards me once. <laughs> uh, but uh, from a point of view of symptoms, and you know, I'm going to use the, the, the COVID virus here as an example, because I know, when COVID started to hit, as we record this some 15 months ago, people weren't aware of the symptoms. And one of the symptoms that a lot of people said they were getting was the loss of smell and taste. And I remember here in the UK, people say, no, no, that's not a symptom. It's a temperature, it's a cough, you know, consistent cough. You, you're right with the, the way that you describe that in the business, but very often we do experience new symptoms, which, which also should determine the you know the problem that we have and the, the the cure that we can go out and get how do business owners discern symptoms that they perhaps have not experienced yet or aren't associated with the issues that we've got how would you explain to the listeners they can dig a little bit deeper into those great question thank you simon um, one of the things we're actually you know when we get to the end of our interview here we want to share with your listeners is one of the first things we're going to give them is what we call the six arrows okay that take or shoot at you in other words the things that we list uh the the specific things are broken down into such a common denominator that they're things that people have always done, no matter what the circumstance are. And these are commonalities that are, are easily discernible mm -hmm. to know that this is a thing they shouldn't be doing or they should be doing to help us make that decision. With the six arrows, I, I'll give you a couple of them to share with your listeners. Yeah, yeah. We wanna give them some things that are usable even as they listen before they even get the downloads that we're gonna give them for free with your compliments. Yeah. Uh, one of the six arrows is that a taker will switch in their conversation.
from a fact-based high moral ground conversation to a low grade, low moral ground personal attacks. In other words, they will switch in the conversation to you don't know what you're talking about. Mm. See, the moment they say that, you yeah. know, they can no longer discuss the facts. They had yeah. to do a personal attack that you now you don't know what you're talking about or you don't know me. And, and we teach people look for these references. And when these transitions happen, you're getting shot an arrow. And if you're wondering why you feel like you're bleeding all day, it's because you're being shot at all day and you don't know what's coming at you. Yeah. And, and when your listeners get these six arrows and it's not like a one page checklist, right? When they look at it, they always go, oh, this needs to be taught. It's sort of like when you're going to buy a green car and all of a sudden you see all the green cars on the street. Yeah. It's the same thing, right? Yeah. They, say, they look at it and they go, oh, people need to know about this because it's a great quick reference that is universal mm. no matter what's going on in the business world. And it has to do with personal relationships, the boss and employee relationship, the boss and their vendors and their customers, family, personal, social, all of these things all are in common. There's energy drainers in all of them, all right? Yeah. And, and there's people that charge us. Um, one of the other things that one of the other arrows I'll share with your listeners is what we call a taker will transfer guilt or attempt to transfer guilt hmm. from the taker onto the giver. They will say things like, you made me angry. Actually, that's not even a, a true statement. No. no one can make someone else angry. We've got to allow them to make us angry, right? And, uh, and, and, and so one of the things my business mentor taught me was do not allow your emotions to rule your intellect because when you do, you're in reaction mode. Yeah. Always make sure your intellect controls your emotions and then you're in reaction mode or responsive mode, which is where you want to be. So you'll hear them transfer guilt and they'll say, you did it to me. You made me do that right? It's always the other person made yeah. them do it. And they play this victim card over and over again. So we're, we're going to give them compliments of you, Simon, and your great podcast. These six arrows in a checklist are going to, right after they do our quiz, they're going to get it. Yeah. And I've, I've got a rhetorical question to ask here now, yes. then, because you must have been spying in on one of my calls earlier today, <laughs> Be because that is the culture that this particular business has that I've been doing some work with um, yes. very recently. And everybody is doing the blame. Everybody's doing the guilt. You made me do it. You made me. And, and those, blame exact, game. Blame game. Yeah, those exact words were used. You made me angry. And right. the, the business owner, she's doing a great job of not being angry with people. But now she's not being angry with them, but they're all saying, that she's making them angry. <laughs> I know. Yes. <sighs> you know what? That's one of the things, by the way, you, you just hit on a whole nother one that we teach. And that is takers together, try to augment truth from consensus. In other words, yeah. they'll get enough people telling their yeah, story yeah. Yep. that the, the, the lie now becomes the truth because they say, well, all these people are saying it. So it can't be wrong, yeah. even though it's not true. Yeah. Uh, and there could be one person telling the truth. That is exactly. In fact, one of the other things we're going to give your listeners to that point is what we call the 25 do's. This is in the giver's mindset course, the first course. Yeah. We're going to give it to them free. It's a two page checklist, literally 25 <laughs> things that when you see people do these things, 
should I bring them in closer or should yeah. I be respectfully distancing myself? Yeah. And then one of the things my business mentor taught me, and it had to do really because of my first defeat in business, because of how I was blindsided uh, by a, a business partner. He, he, he told me clearly, he said, you always want to be in responsive mode. Reaction mode is your emotions are controlling your intellect. And when that happens, you're in the medical community. If you're responding to a treatment, if, if you're responding, you're doing better. If you're yeah. reacting, you're not doing good. No. So the business owner you're speaking of is probably doing a good job staying in responsive mode, but is probably feeling like an island right now yes, all definitely. by themselves Definitely, because of the consensus of the group. So someone, a third party usually has to enter in there and then say, all right, we need to, first of all, take a look at something here. What are the facts? What is the moral high ground that we should be discussing? And what are the issues at hand? And we need to get rid of this blame game thing because no one wins when that happens. Yeah. We're all in reaction mode and it's it hurts everyone and everything. Yeah. And welcome to my 115 tomorrow. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. That, gotcha. That's exactly, exactly that. Yeah. So so it's great that you've, you've worked on this and you've evolved this. Um, how has it been for the business since you've got all this stuff together, you know, the books, the courses, you know, um, and I'm sure, you know, we'll, we'll hear more about, you know, how it's been for the people who have benefited from it uh, next, but how has it been for the business? What kind of difference has that made for you and for the business? Uh, significantly so. Uh, it's clear we're striking a chord. Mm. We're st- because people were just genuinely teaching something that needs to be taught that has taught, was taught years ago. Many years ago, these things were taught, yeah. right? How to discern good relationships, how to know if that plane is at three inches or one inches, whether it's coming towards you or farther away. Yeah. And, and, and no one's teaching us that this should be taught regarding all of our relationships in life. Here's why. We have statistically proven, Simon, that about 20% of the population are givers. That means you put these people in any situation, business, social, family, any situation in a short period of time, they will begin contributing to it. They'll start helping, they'll start investing, they'll start building it up. They're wired that way, that's what they do. By contrast, USA reference, we have a thing called the Grand Canyon. On the other Mm -hmm. side of the Grand Canyon is the takers, which incidentally also is 20%. Now remember, I'm not labeling people. We don't label people, we label their deeds, right? Because we love everybody. The taker is also 20%. Those are the people that you put them in any situation, business, personal, social, they will figure out a way to start taking from it spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially. They're wired that way. That's what they do. The remaining 60% in the middle are what we call fencers. They sit on the fence. They act like givers when they're with givers. They act like takers when they were takers. They can be great relationships, but we need to manage those. So we teach people how to discern a giver's deeds, contrasting a taker's deeds, so we can decide, should I bring them in closer or should I be respectfully distancing so that I don't become collateral damage and I'm ending up stomping out fires that are not of my making? Yeah. And it's interesting you say about the 60% on the fence. What would you say to those people who listening to this said, that's me, you know, 
uh, I'm on the fence. I don't I don't like to be confrontational. I don't like to, you know, have a bias either way. So they are sat on the fence. What would you say to those people listening today who who are actually sat on that fence right now? That's, you, you just brought up a really, really great point, um, which is so important. When we mention and use the vernacular of respectfully distancing, mm. when we're not in the position, then we don't have to be confrontational because we never got that far. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, uh, so, so when we can discern and see the aircraft way off in the distance, yeah. we're heading it off at the pass and being unavailable, if you will, by respectfully distancing ourselves. Gotcha. But here's something I'll share with every one of your listeners. They're going to have people when they hear this podcast, Simon, and they're going to say, well, I've got someone that I really love that I'm close to, but I can tell they're doing a little bit more taking than giving, mm. but I don't know how to broach the subject or what I should say. Cause I don't want to hurt their feelings. I care about, yeah, exactly. I love them, yeah. but, but they're on, you know, they're on the wrong side of the fence right now. What should I do? It's real, real simple. They should share with them the business success podcast. Mm. Here's why. Because when they share that with them, and here's a great way to maybe open up the dialogue. When they say, you know what? I heard this great podcast and it was very interesting. It was about this organization and, you know, and, and, and about giving and taking it. It was very thought provoking. I really liked it. Listen to this podcast and give me your opinion. Ah, interesting. Yeah. See, and now what yeah, they're doing yeah. is they're opening up the door. And because they shared your podcast with someone else, the person who shared it may be the beneficiary because what if that mind sort of starts to open up a little bit and they go, you know what? I can see I'm doing that. I, you know, I, I need yeah. to reset a little bit here. So sharing your podcast could actually be the answer yeah. to help them broach the subject in a comfortable, non-confrontational way, a loving, caring way, but still get the point across, hey, it's time to reevaluate and go in a new direction. And I love that. And yeah, and I really do appreciate the plug for the podcast as well. And listeners, of course, I know we'd love you to share it. And I think there's a, a deeper lesson there as well, that opening people's minds to think differently is the main thing there, isn't it? You know, and if, if there is a, a tool, a book, a podcast, of course, uh, anything, you know, a checklist, you've mentioned a couple of checklists, which we'll talk about in just a moment. If you can expose people to things that opens up their mind, then they are the ones that take the control of their actions. So you don't have to do it for them. You get them to think about it and to develop themselves, don't you? And, you know, it's the old thing. And I know it's not really a direct comparison, but, you know, it's not doing the fishing for them. It's helping them to you know, learn to fish. And I think, you know, it's helping them think for themselves, isn't it? That's what we need to do is try and encourage these people to have better, wider thinking and think for themselves. So. And, and you bring up another point of uh, one of the things we will gift your listeners with your compliments is the list, the checklist of the 25 do's yeah. and the 25 and in the 25 do's, here's one of the items. Cause I promise we want to give your listeners some usable mm. nuggets. <clears throat> one of the list on the 25 do's is be willing to do the thing to get the thing, do not the thing, get something else. See, a taker is not willing to do the thing to get the thing. They're always looking for the shortcut. They're always looking yeah. to, to glom onto what someone else has done or someone else's results. And they're always, the, the taker is the one that's caught in the inevitable, unfortunate employer-employee relationship, which is as follows. 
the employer pays them just enough so they don't leave and the employee works just hard enough so they don't get fired. <laughs> yes, very and, true. And, 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 and we've all met those people, haven't we? We've all met those people. They get caught. So it, by contrast, a giver will always be willing to do the thing. They're going to be the first one to step up and say, yeah, I'll do it. And because they know that it, if the things that we want, and it doesn't have to be a thing thing, it can be an accomplishment, can be whatever. Yeah. Do the thing, get the thing. That's one of the things we teach. And by contrast, when you see a taker who's not willing to do the thing, and we actually teach, this is what that sentence means, do the thing, get the thing. Here's the examples to understand when you see someone glomming on to someone else's results or someone yeah. else's work. Yeah, so or when you, yeah, you, you, can, you see these habits and you see these things. These are in the checklist we're going to give them, Simon, that they're going to be able to use in their everyday life immediately as great usable tools. Correct. And that leads on to the question about giving the listeners something to take away from today's podcasting. You've, you've shared so many things. I've got a whole post-it note here of uh, things that you've, you've given us that are real nuggets that we can use. But you've said there uh, about the checklist, you know, just tell the listeners how they can get their hands on, on these things and how they can connect to Givers University. Tell us a little bit more about how we can do all that. Great. Simple, very easy. They go to one URL. <clears throat> it's called Givers, plural, GiversUniversity.info, I-N-F-O, GiversUniversity.info. That's a seven. It's the, when they go there, they're actually on the first question of a seven question quiz. It's multiple choice. The title of the quiz is, what is your givers and takers awareness IQ. In other words, the, 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 the purpose of the seven questions is to see how do we observe other things and deeds around us that other people are doing. Mm -hmm. There's different assessments that they will get. They've got an absolutely yeah. free assessment to sort of let them know how they're doing on yeah. their awareness IQ, if you will, because that's what we're talking about. Part of discernment is awareness. And, and when someone gets that skill set, Simon, their head's above everyone else because it's not being yeah. taught today. Yeah. So when they do the quiz, it's seven questions, literally five minutes or less. Everyone should go there because it starts our relationship yeah. with them. Within minutes, they'll get a download that's the six arrows that they can download. Uh, absolutely free. These are the six arrows that take or shoot at you. A, a day or two later, they'll get the 25 do's. It's literally a two-page checklist that they can go through and carry it with them. Or they yeah. can literally say, Man, they just did that and that and that. And when they see a person doing 13 of those 25, yeah. they may know what side of the fence they're on. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and then they can start making their discernment decisions. So from that, just do the quiz. It'll start the relationship. They'll find out about our courses that we have, our online audio courses where they can listen to courses, the, the books from Give to Be Great, all that stuff they'll learn about. But in the meantime, we want to give them some great free usable tools that they'll be able to use immediately by going to giversuniversity.info, I-N-F-O. When they go there, they're on the first question. They're literally on right. the page of the first question. So that's giversuniversity, all one word. Yes. Dot info. I-N-F-O. Nice and simple. Yeah. Yes, sir. Amazing. Great. And is there any way uh, that they can connect with you? You know, if people want to find out more about you personally, I mean, you've told some great stories, Dan. I'm sure people will get a copy of the, uh, of the books. You know, how do people, is there any way that they can connect with you as well? Uh, our actual main website is giversuniversity.com. Uh, 
Yep. GiversUniversity.com. And in there, it has our contact info and they can email us Perfect. and ask questions and everything. Um, and also, but even with the quiz, if they go to the quiz, the relationship begins and we will invest heavily in them as a relationship. And that through the course of that, they'll know who we are, where yeah. to get us, Fantastic. where to reach me. We're readily available to help them. Yeah. So that's GiversUniversity. Listeners, just make sure you jot this down. GiversUniversity.info. That's the place Correct. to go and you know get the, the six arrows and the 25 do's. Uh, and, and all the other stuff that I know is going to be ready available. And, and share this podcast. Share this share podcast. podcast. Yeah, if I can definitely that, say that. And genuinely, when people see someone that's maybe doing a little much, uh, too much taking, it's a great way to simply yeah. say, boy, I heard this thing and I really liked it. And listen, give me your feet. Give me your thoughts yeah. on this. It's a great podcast. And it helps you get out there. But also, it really is a great way to open that door and maybe open their minds. Yeah. So. If, if you're okay, I don't know how, how you are for time, but I'll share the quick story of the helicopter flight, if that's okay. I, I want to hear it. Yeah. So I'll be, could it really short as much as I can? We've flown into a, uh, a race circuit to watch the motorbike racing. And I'm in my little Robinson R22, because that's, that's all I could afford. With the player craft. Yeah. So uh, there I was in amongst all these other huge machines, commercial machines that people have flown in to watch the racing. And it's just myself and my wife who are going to watch the racing. We decide to get out early because I don't want to get with all the rest of this traffic. But beside the race circuit is an international airport. Oh, boy. Um, and I knew that if I wanted to lift and get to where I needed to go, I needed to cross over the, the runway, the main runway. So I made all my calls and I got permission to depart to the north, crossing over the particular runway. And then the whole airways just went mad with all these other helicopters starting up. And I'm already in the hover and I'm already heading out from the race circuit. I couldn't get a word in to the air traffic controller, but she's already given permission and she knows who I am. She knows where I'm going. So I head towards the runway and I couldn't get a word in to find out if I was cleared to cross the runway. So I looked left and right uh, and I couldn't see particularly one way because my wife was at the side of me. So I said to her, uh, is there anything on your side? And she looked and she said, no, just a, just an airplane taking off. <laughs> I said, right, okay. I said, is it is it taking off or is it landing? And she said, I'm pretty sure it's taking off. Oh boy. I said, okay. I said, this is where better questions are really, really good. Yeah. And I said, I said, okay. I said, and I'm now starting to cross the runway. I said, can I ask a question? I said, can you see the pilot? She said, Oh yeah, I can see the pilot. I said, well, if you can see the pilot, he's not taking off, he's coming in to land. <laughs> So I, I tipped the nose down oh. and shot across the runway. Yeah. And of course, the air traffic controller got onto me. Yeah, what on earth were you doing? I said, no, we saw it. My wife had got eyes on the pilot. We knew it was incoming, but I knew I'd got the time. You gave right. me clearance and she was okay. As long as you yeah. knew what you were doing. But the yeah, way yeah. my wife said, it's taken off. I said, can you see the pilot? She yeah, said, yes, yeah. I can see the pilot. No, he's definitely yeah. good. So that definitely ties in with the, are you going towards or away from? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and especially if you said, yeah, not only that, but he just winked at me. I mean, what <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a quick pullback. On the yeah, that would, yeah, I got to pull back. Now. <laughs> but, but I think, you know, what you've taught the listeners today very much is we, you know, we do have very binary choices to make. Yeah. You know, and I think we, as you mentioned with the trainings, you know, there are very, very complex trainings out there 
that have such a lot of information, a lot of choices to make. But very often we do need to look at the simplicity of, you know, is this moving us closer or taking us further away? You know, is that exactly. person a drainer or are they, you know, contributing and very energizing us? And I think you've given the listeners a lot of insight into the way that we need to make a lot of those decisions about loving the deeds and not, you know, and, and you know, loving the people in a very binary way. And I really want to thank you and thank you for your time on that. So I'm going to ask you the final question. Yes. This is a slightly different question. Okay. If you were to have your next coffee in a dream location, where would that dream location be? I have to say it would be sitting on the beach in the Bahamas. Really? Yeah. Time of day. Morning. Uh, as the sun comes up, uh, you know, uh, one of the spectacular ones, I've, it would be hard to have coffee there, was actually at Haleakala in, Flo in uh, Hawaii when the sun comes over the volcano. And it's uh, one of the most glorious, spectacular religious experiences uh, that wow. you've ever seen. Uh, and, uh, but I, I could still, you know, nothing like the salt air and yeah. beautiful beach right when the sun's coming up and uh, the day's Perfect. beginning. Perfect. Great. Well, you've given Alyssa a, a lovely picture to put in their minds as they leave this. And, you know, listeners, I hope you do something with what you've heard today. You know, you've heard so many nuggets, but also you need to make sure you do two things. Yeah, you know, as being said, share the podcast. Great. Absolutely. But most importantly, go to giversuniversity.info. Get your hands on these things that are going to make such a difference to the way that you behave in businesses. You know, I've spoken to two businesses today that I'm going to send to this link because they are struggling so much with the deeds that people are carrying out. You know, every listener, if you've got people that work in your team, if you've got suppliers, customers, you know, we need to be more aware of ourselves and the way we discern in ourselves, but also the people around us. And, you know, um, you know, EA and Givers Gain, Givers University here has given us so much that we can gain from that. So thank you very much for being on thank today's you, podcast. Love your podcast and love your platform. Thank you, Simon. And listeners, you know, this is part of my mission to help businesses around the globe be better aware. We've done that in heaps today uh, and some great education. And of course, we've talked about coffee and I think we all dream of having that coffee in the Bahamas or looking over <laughs> the volcano in Hawaii too. That's absolutely amazing. And we shared a couple of aviation stories as well. Who knew it was going to go there, but it did. So that's, that's great that it's done that as well. For sure. And I, I look forward to having you all listen to the next podcast. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>